Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. Please adjust your settings in the top menu. There should be a three dots menu or at the bottom, there should be a little cog icon. Please adjust your settings and then bump up the picture to 720p or 1080p so that you have a clear streaming image to work with. So today I am going with the help of the Lord to attempt to make two videos today. I have a little bit of time and the first video will just address, it will just be a general housekeeping video. So I made one of these, um, I think it would be a year ago now. I made one of these a year ago and I truly believed at that time that it would be the only one that is necessary. But as time has gone on, I've noticed certain cycles. I've noticed certain patterns about running this channel. So I just thought I would go over this for the new people, because those who have been here for a long enough time, or those who really truly have the spirit of the Lord actively working in them, don't really need all these, all these directives, but I give them just for the sake of order. I believe that God is a God of order. And therefore when it becomes necessary, that certain information needs to be shared. I don't mind sharing it. So the first thing I would like to point out is that this is a prophetic channel. If you do not understand what prophecy is, you are welcome to go to the master's voice um, and visit the page that I have there for just that purpose to teach people who may be new to the spirit of prophecy, what prophecy is. In that blog, I explain what the difference is between the spirit of prophecy and a messenger that God has shaped and formed and called from the womb to do his work. That person is a prophet. That person is not merely carrying the spirit of prophecy. That person is actually performing what is known as a biblical function. And with each messenger that God prepares, that person is given their charge from the Lord. I think it's it's really sad as I, as I observe this state of the church today. It's really sad that that we have this dilemma. We are the last days generation. Many have come, many have believed that they are the last generation, but truthfully, the the fulfilling of God's prophetic words as we see it in the Bible, especially in very Mm, in very hectic books, like the book of Revelation, those things are going to be fulfilled in our lifetimes. If you are a Christian that is walking closely with the Lord, he has already revealed this to you. There are people who know that the things I'm speaking are true. They know it by the spirit of the Lord within themselves. And they have already, as I have made my peace with it. We are the generation that will see the fulfillment of the prophecies the unfulfilled prophecies in the Bible. And yet the tragedy is that we are the generation who are least educated about what prophecy is, especially here in the United States, where people seem to have this idea that prophecy is almost like a chat echo chamber where the messenger will say something and then they say something and then the two parties will discuss it. And then uh, God is going to be a third party who's watching this discussion from heaven. The fact is that I cover what God gives me. I cover many things concerning the natural world and the supernatural world. But one thing I do not do is cover what people are interested in. So this is not a prophecy pop tart place where you can just come and there will be no teaching. There will be no remonstration. There will be no edification of the saints. I'm just giving out the highlights so that you can get on with your busy day. If that is what you are looking for, you will be greatly distressed here. And as the Lord has already told me, you will leave. You will leave because of frustration, because you will not be able to find your quick 
update that you're looking for. Another thing is that when God prepares a messenger, he puts a word in that messenger's mouth. The word that the Lord has put in this messenger's mouth is judgment. So that is why I am here. If you have read the blog or if you have seen a few of these videos and you are wondering why these words are so graphic and why they are so heavy, some people have felt those words in their hearts as if they were pierced. Others have been moved to tears. If you are wondering why you're having that kind of a strong reaction, it is because the spirit of the Lord is bringing forth a last day's judgment to this earth. And primarily the word that has been set in my mouth is that the judgment of America has come. In the Bible, the man called Cornelius in the New Testament in Acts was seen to be a man who was a very, very righteous man. So he gave alms, he sowed seeds, he even, he even built a temple for the Jews. And so the angel came to Cornelius and told him, Cornelius, you are blessed of God because your alms and the goodness, the righteous life that you are living have come up as a memorial before the Lord. For something to come up before God doesn't mean that God is ignorant of it taking place in the earth. It simply means that the timing and the set moment for that thing has come. Jesus Christ is the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, but there was a set time for him to come into the earth and become the eternal sacrifice for all who will believe and put their trust in him. And so this set time of America's judgment has come. There were two men among many that the Lord sent to this nation. I did not know of these men. It was the Holy Spirit who sovereignly spoke of these two men to me. One of them is the late pastor, David Wilkerson, and the other is a late immigrant pastor by the name of Dimitri Dudeman, who the Lord brought here sovereignly from Romania to pronounce a very specific message to the United States. Both of these men brought forward the revelation that this nation of the United States is the mysterious nation known in the scripture as Mystery Babylon. Before my time, the Lord put a word in the mouth of these two servants, one homegrown in the United States and one from Eastern Europe, both of them speaking the same message, I think about 10 or 15 years apart. America, you are Mystery Babylon. You are the nation that is spoken of in Revelation 16, the harlot riding on the back of the beast. Revelation 17, where the harlot meets her end by 10 kings that will destroy her when they give their power for one hour to the beast. And Revelation 18, the nation that is seen torched and destroyed absolutely in a single hour while the kings and the merchants of the day stand afar off, putting their hands on their head in complete consternation and sorrow, watching this great nation completely destroyed. It is amazing to me how many errors and falsehoods have been taught in this country, telling America that she has nothing to worry about because she isn't Mystery Babylon, it's Iraq, it's Iran, it's Rome, it's the Catholic Church. All I can say to you is this, on the day that the Lord Jesus will reach forward suddenly and snatch this nation and perform upon her 
every single word that previous prophetic messengers have spoken and every single word that I have written on the master's voice end times prophecy blog directed by the hand of God messages that I have been receiving from 2012 until now. I was shocked to count on my fingers and find that from 2012 till now makes it 10 years, 10 years that I have been recording faithfully every dream, every vision, and every single message that the Lord gives me in prayer. When I'm walking on the street, when I'm trying to make dinner, when I'm paying attention at work, when I'm sitting in church and trying to listen to the pastor, I have received these messages concerning the United States for 10 years. And it is only for the last three years that I have been putting these messages first in print form. And then when the Lord said to me, Celestial, you are not reaching enough people. Take this and use the tools of your generation. And here I am using the primary tool of my generation, which is audio and visual, to speak to the people of the United States and tell them that the Lord says that this nation is the mystery Babylon of scripture. And it is this nation that the Lord is going to judge for sins that stretch back to the foundation of her creation and are still increasing and heaping up to the heavens. This is a prophecy judgment channel. That is what I am here for. So I am not here for people to put in requests. Like, why aren't you covering this? And has the Lord spoken to you about this? If you do not see it in the list of the video, the playlist that I have made, I've even taken the time, bit the bullet, and finally put up a lot more themed themed menus on the master's voice blog. So you can go there and actually search the prophecies through the menu and see the different types. There is no prophetic message from the Lord that does not have its twin. Many of the messages that I have received, such as the destruction of this nation and the invasion of this nation by Russia and China have been received over 10 times. So if you have a heart to hear the message of the Lord. If you are minded to listen to what God is saying, then it is very likely that the Lord will enter into the ark with you and your family and bring you to a place of safety, bring you to a place of preparation for the things that are, that are coming. It is to those people that I have been sent. Before the Lord ever took me public, Reluctantly, the Lord made me study several passages of scripture for an entire year some of those passages of scripture in, contain the entire book of Jeremiah, the entire book of Ezekiel, two books in the Bible in which absolutely nothing good happens. Absolutely nothing good is said in those books. It's just destruction, destruction. You will end up starving. You will end up eating your children. You will end up in siege. They will chain you. They will take you away naked. I studied those books, but two particular um, chapters in the book of Ezekiel, I recommend that if you've been using this channel for a while that you read those books because those two chapters fully describe the people that God was sending me to. It's Ezekiel chapter two and chapter three. And so this is a place where judgment prophecy has been given to me. And here are the reasons why. The Lord says that America has for a long time committed atrocious sins. So Sometimes when people hear this, they say, oh, but you know, uh, uh, everybody else has sinned and whatever. But seeing as we're in the fallen angel and the fallen series, I will point this out. 200 fallen angels came down from, um, from the sky and they landed on Mount Hermon and they did what is called in the old days, it's called to strike hands or to strike palms. Basically, it means that everybody puts their hand in and they make a solemn vow. They make a covenant of what they will do. 
There were 200 angels of them and 20 captains among them who led these angels in an insurrection against God and against man. However, when the sin was apportioned, you find that Enoch is only talking about one angel by the name of Azazel. And the Lord God says to Azazel, ascribe this, this sin. Azazel wasn't even the one who came up with the idea. The one who came up with the idea is named Semyaza, but the one that God said the whole portion of sin, ascribe it to him and lock him up and chain him beneath the portals of the earth is called Azazel. In the same way, I pronounce the United States that you are the Azazel of the earth. Revelation 18 says of you that you are the one who had the cup of abominable sins. You are the one in Revelation 17 that made the nations drunk with the fornications and the abominable practices that you spread everywhere. And therefore, the Lord is ascribing the overflow of sin, unholiness, unrighteousness, and wickedness in the earth to you. And that is why the bulk of terrible prophecy is falling upon this nation. So the judgment is coming for long committed sin, current sin. It is coming because it will fulfill the prophetic truth of the Lord that was written long before I, or even the two gentlemen, or even the many messengers that have come over the last few hundred years to warn this nation. It was written long before us in the scripture, and now the time has come up as a memorial before the Lord to be fulfilled. And it is to strongly warn every other nation that is listening to these things that there is a wrath coming. America will be the example. And then after that, every other nation will receive their judgment from the Lord. I wanted also to speak briefly of how Christians can have victory over sin. I have noticed when I come every few days, when I have the time to curate the comments, that people are struggling greatly with sin. And that is because we are in the end times. The mystery of lawlessness has been unleashed upon the earth. The mystery of lawlessness simply meaning being, as you would say, the perfume of Satan that is wafting across the earth. And wherever that perfume goes, it will greatly trigger in the human body a weakness and and susceptibility to sin. So sin is increasing, and this is why the judgments of God are also increasing and will be released upon the earth. And I just want to share here an understanding that is not fully taught to the people of God. There is a way to repent, and there is a necessity to repent Otherwise, your sin will be upon you. So have you ever done something in your life that you know transgressed the laws of God? And then you go and you're crying and you're saying, oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. God, please forgive me. And when you're there for five or 10 minutes or however long you want to pray, you come away and you have no relief in your heart. You come away and you still feel as condemned as before. This used to happen to me when I was a very, very, very young Christian. But I realized if the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 verses 5 to that if you deny that you have sin, then the truth is not in you and you are walking in the darkness. And that when you are in darkness, you have no fellowship with the light and you have no fellowship with God who is always in the light. But if you confess your sin to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all sin. And so I said, if this verse is true, how is it that I do not feel the forgiveness and I feel as if I have not received anything? And when I sought the Lord, he answered me simply and said, your sin is upon you. And this is why you hear this phrase used often on this channel. Your sin is upon you. Unless you repent according to how scripture teaches repentance, which is with honesty, 
and transparency. Your sin remains upon you. That is why you do not have relief when you confess the sin, because you have, actually, you have not actually discharged the sin so that the Lord can remove it from you and give you freedom. And so you must be honest when you repent. Repentance is not feeling sorry for what you did. Repentance is not crying. Repentance is not feeling bad. And repentance is definitely not this modern day nonsense that has been told to the church. Oh, when you sin, you've missed the mark. Trust me, in the spiritual realm, the demons are not dealing with a little target and you trying to shoot an arrow at the target. When you sin, please hear this. You have broken the commandments of God. You have broken the laws of God. You have decided to depart from the truth of what God has said will govern the moral universe of men. Therefore, repentance cannot be your tears. It cannot be your feeling. And it cannot be what you think you should do to be free of the crime of breaking these laws. In real life, when you break laws, things happen after that. Therefore, in the spirit realm, multiply that by a trillion billion and that's how serious it is. I personally believe that if people were told the truth about sin, they would be a lot less interested in sin and a lot more interested in finding out what pleases God and walk, walking according to holiness and the morality that God requires. Repentance is the formal acknowledgement before God that you have broken his laws, that you have transgressed against his covenant of morality and righteousness, which is given to govern all human conduct. And that when you repent, you are coming to confess your acts to God so that he can cleanse those acts from existence and give you freedom from their natural and spiritual consequences. Believe it or not, there are natural consequences to sin. There are spiritual consequences to sin. A simple excuse would be, a simple example would be fornication. When you fornicate, you can get pregnant, you can get STDs, you can go through a terrible heartbreak in turns, when it turns out that that woman or that man was using you for momentary pleasure and had no idea of entering into a long-term committed marital relationship with you. Sexual intimacy is the premise and the fruit of the married. It is not for single people. It is not for divorced people. It is not for widowed people, unfortunately. It is only for those who are in a committed male-to-female relationship. However, when you sin sexually, there are natural consequences that I just listed, but there are also spiritual consequences. You open yourself up to the realm of some of the most powerful demons in the demonic pantheon, the demons that, get, that govern lust and things like that from the marine kingdom are so, so deadly that as I see many people already confessing in emails to me and things like that, they are difficult to get rid of. I see people struggling on the blog. I see them struggling in the comments under these videos. The reason that those demons are tough to get rid of is because the Lord says that all sin is an abomination, but the sin of the flesh is committed against the flesh. When you commit sexual sin, you actually gave, give Satan the key to this body, the key to this temple. And when you give somebody the key to the house and then suddenly think that if you cry or because the demons are molesting you at night, that if you say, I am distressed, you will get rid of them. It does not work like that. 
So there are spiritual consequences. You open yourself up to the realm of demons. You put yourself outside of the covenant of righteousness. And should you continue walking in that path, it will lead to death. The book of Romans talks about it. It is not only talking about spiritual death, which means that you will enter into hellfire should you die with your sin upon you. It's also talking about natural death, which takes many people away in this compromised position because they never repent. Sin is like this hugely heavy coat with millions of little pockets. And in each pocket is a thousand pound lead weight. When sin comes upon you, it is not through tears that you will get rid of that coat. It is not even through the heaviness that that coat brings. It is also not by saying, but what have I done? My sin isn't so bad. Look at all those other people out there. They're wearing coats. Do you know that if you are part of the coat wearing brigade, you all will lose your lives in the presence of God and be eternally cut off from his fellowship? So what difference does it make if everyone else is out there sinning the sin? Do you want to be a part of that community that will be cut off from the presence of God? It makes absolutely no difference. Each one should be concerned with their own sin and how to take off that coat. And 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10 tells us this. In order to get rid of this coat, you must confess sin and then ask for the forgiveness of sin. That is the only way to break sin and remove its power. Repentance is coming to God in honesty. He who worships God must first worship him in spirit and in truth. So that means that you are not coming in your fleshly, I'm crying, I feel bad. Those are actually just the responses of the soul when the soul knows that it has broken God's law. When you break God's law, immediately a little bell goes off in you and you know. And this is why the Bible says you, God, are blameless when you judge. When God judges us for sin, he is absolutely right because he knows he put the early warning system in us, a two-step system. Before you sin, when you are being carried and tempted and led away by your own lust, as the Bible says, you know it. And then after you commit the sin, the second bell goes off. So the first bell goes off saying, you're about to cross the line. You are about to do wrong. If you don't heed it and you continue down the same path, after you cross the line of no return and you do sin, the second bell goes off. It says, well done. You have now sinned. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is what comes before sin. Temptation is the bait that Satan leaves out on the table like those delicious little sausage things that they have at the fancy parties. You're supposed to eat that until the main meal is served. So temptation is those little sausage things that you keep popping in your mouth and they taste good and they're whetting your appetite. And then when they bring out the steak and potatoes, how will you say no? You're already halfway with your appetite worked up because of the little sausage things. The only way to break the power of sin is to confess the sin, and it is also to withstand temptation. If you are weak in your Christianity, it will be very hard for you to withstand temptation. If you are someone who does not stay away from enablers, for instance, you have a drink problem or a drug problem, and you've managed to kick it, and you come out, but you still want to hang out with your ganja-smoking friends and then say, no, guys, I don't smoke weed anymore, but you're sitting with them inhaling the secondhand smoke. 
you know you're lying to yourself. If we do not stay away from enablers and stay away from the places that cause us to weaken, stop sharing eye contact with that woman at your office when you know that you are married. Stop taking the same bus as the guy who looks good because one day, Satan being a very hard worker, he will get up and come and sit next to you and then you guys will become fast friends and you tell each other, oh, we go to the same church, but basically you have already started walking down the road that will lead you to that man's apartment doing what you have said you will not do and then after, when the second bell goes off, you start to cry and say, oh God, forgive me, I'm your daughter. I didn't mean it. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company leads us off the straight and narrow path. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 33. So let me read this verse. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for the Lord cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So when temptation comes your way, when your weakness comes your way, when no one is watching at work and you want to move a couple million into your bank account to pay off your house loan, and then two months from now, when you make enough money in your investments, you plan to put it back, but unfortunately, the company gets audited in the middle. God did not tempt you to do that, for the Lord cannot be tempted by any evil, meaning that God himself is not attracted to any evil. And then secondarily, it says here that God will never tempt anyone. I continue, but each person is tempted when he or she is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So, People don't seem to understand that Satan will be Satan and Satan will do what Satan does best. Satan has a role to play. The Lord could have easily bound him or the Lord could have easily cast him into the lake of fire and we do not go through what we go through. But Satan has been cast out of heaven to the lower heavens for now and he has been allowed to keep all his power because Satan is in this earth as one of the things by which God will try the heart. The father knew when the serpent was in the, in the garden he knew when the conversation was going on with Adam and Eve. He even knew, unfortunately for God's poor heart, what they would choose. And yet he did not intervene. And that right there is the encapsulated truth of free will. We were not created robots by God. In his love, he has given us a will. And to any of you out there who have children that you love or a spouse that you love or a best friend that you love or even a sport or a hobby that you love, but I'll keep it to living things. No living thing wants to receive compelled or controlled love. There's not a single woman who says, you know, ever since I poisoned my husband and I brought him home and I'm keeping him in the basement, I just love how he loves me. The best part of love is the fact that it is given freely. So if we cannot love God and obey his commands, as Jesus said, why do you say you love me and then do not do what I say? God observes our love by our willingness to sacrifice and to cling to his truth at all costs. Therefore, when we are tempted to cast away God's truth and go and momentarily indulge ourselves in something else, we cannot say that it is because God was not helping us. We must confess when we come to repent, it was my own choice, Lord. And this is why when I counsel people, concerning repentance and why they feel that the repentance is not true. I tell them it is because your sin is still upon you. To truly repent, here is the secret. 
You go to the Father and you will be honest to the Lord about what you did. Don't say, oh Lord, I have fallen. You were not walking in the street and took a tumble. Name to the Lord what you did. Although he was watching like he watched Adam and Eve, at least they had the honesty to say that we ate the fruit. Tell God what you did. Tell him why you did it. That is why by confession, you shall be set free. Tell him with your mouth what you did. Tell him the thought process. The reason that many people continue and are doomed to repeat their sin is not only because sin is incredibly imprisoning and incredibly addictive, but they're doomed to repeat the sin because they never sit and examine the processes that go on in their own heart. They keep wondering, why do I keep ending up in different beds? But they never look at the process by which they stare into people's eyes all the time. They flirt. They give in to mental fantasies and imagine what would he be like and what would she be like. And when they walk along that slippery slope, they end up exactly where they have imagined in their mind's eye, but then they never actually want to confess in prayer. I have a habit of indulging in sexual and mental fantasy, Lord. I willingly open the door of my mind and I allow unholy thoughts to come and roost in my brain like chickens. They do not say that I am tempted by money when I see it. I am tempted by substances. I am tempted by alcohol and I lack the inner strength to resist them. And that is why I have once again gone and done this thing. It is not by crying and it is not by pretending before God and saying, oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. The truth is that we, we know. And this is why, as I said, and you can find it in Psalm 51, when judgment is pronounced upon a person, when judgment is pronounced upon each and every one of us at, at the final time before the throne of the Lord, not one word of it will be false. Not a single word of it will be false because God knows exactly what goes on in our hearts and our minds when we break his law. But it is us who think that by coming and giving God, um, what will I call it? A synopsis. So it's a tiny little, a little uh, uh, um, summary of what we did with some crying and some feeling bad, and then we will receive grace. Grace is poured out upon the truthful. Grace is poured out upon the honest. When you examine your sin, when you look at the process that continually leads you to be tempted and drawn away by your own desires and enticed, you will learn the mechanisms that weaken your faith. You will learn the mechanisms that actually make your garment filthy and make it extremely heavy. And then, you will learn to be like young Joseph who was stroked by Potiphar's wife and didn't stay there to say, wow, her hands feel like she uses goat's milk lotion. Joseph fled. In fact, he ran away from her so fast that he left his natural garment in her hand. That is how fast that young man separated himself from the smell and the enticement and the temptation of fornication. But many of us in this generation are not being taught how dangerous sin is. And so we do not want to deny the momentary pleasure of feeling the temptation. We forget, and let me finish the verse. When your desire has conceived, meaning that the, your desire for the temptation will actually get bigger and bigger as like a picture of pregnancy, it will give birth to sin. So first you look, then you think about it, then you desire, desire gets pregnant and begins to grow. And when desire finally gives birth, this sin actually happens. 
And the Bible says that when sin is full grown, it will bring forth death. So how does sin become full grown? Sin becomes full grown when you keep doing it to the point where the sin becomes your master and you are now powerless to stop the sin. Porn, lying, masturbation, adultery, um, the momentary pleasure that you get from being a good looking woman who dresses herself up in almost cellophane like clothing and walks down the street knowing that every male with red blood will look at you. That is simply being a Jezebel and a siren. It's a sin. You're enticing. You're a seductress. You're the woman that Proverbs chapter five is talking about the one whose footsteps lead men down to death. And in this generation, women too. It says that the sin will become full grown. It simply means that it will become grow from a small habit until it becomes a huge mountain that controls you. And now you can't get away from it. And that will bring forth death. And so I just wanted to share those things with you because I felt that they needed to be addressed. They needed to be understand, understood. And I also wanted to be helpful to God's people because I understand that the church is actually drowning in a morass of sin. Many people have twisted moral compasses. Some people actually love the sin, but I believe that the vast majority are struggling. You want to come closer to God, and yet you don't know how to, and that's because personal sin is this hugely offensive thing to God. Don't fall for the lie that God knows your heart. The truth is that he does know our hearts, and our hearts are deceiving, extremely wicked, morally corrupt. There's nothing good in us. And we can only keep the Father's law through the grace that he supplies every moment by moment through reliance on the Holy Spirit. Don't let people deceive you and take you to hell with the things that they say. So this is Celestial with the Master's voice. May the Lord bless you, and I hope that I will be able to make the second video and put it up soon. I will simply call this one what the Master's voice is about and victory over sin, or maybe just victory over sin. Until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.